WNJH Radio, its owners and associates, take no responsibility for the opinions or statements made by the talk show host or their guests. Statements or show topics are not necessarily the beliefs of this site or the radio station, and opinions between talk show hosts may conflict. This site does not endorse anything as the truth. That you will have to judge for yourself, but we try to speak the truth on the owner's behalf and reserve the right to question the supposed truth. It is sometimes hard to get the truth, but we must try. It is not our intention to libel, discriminate, make hate, or annoy anyone. This site takes no responsibility for the opinions of others in the postings of comments in chat rooms or forum posts. WNJH Radio presents Voice of Freedom, a weekly political call-in show heard every Thursday at 7 p.m. Voice of Freedom will cover national, state, and local politics. Now here's your host, Dr. Otto Hernandez. Good evening, everybody. How are you tonight, Otto Hernandez? Voice of Freedom Radio program live Coming to you again from the blueberry capital of the world, of the universe. Not just the world. Hamilton, New Jersey. It is my pleasure, but also my privilege to be with you tonight. Lots to talk about. We have a special guest, Atlantic County surrogate Jim Kershaw will be on to talk about the mail-in voting for this year's primary, courtesy of our governor, and we'll be talking about all kinds of stuff that went on this week and is still going on as we're on the air. Okay. Enrico, how are you tonight, buddy? Wonderful. And you, sir? You know what? Never better. Really? Never better. It's. Uh, I noticed that uh, this was not a particularly good week for Italians, Italian-Americans, right? No. Frank Rizzo has been canceled in Philadelphia. His yes. statue disappeared. Overnight. His statue is now sitting right next to Kate Smith's statue in somebody's basement. Probably. And uh, the mural. Yep. A big mural in the center city there. Yep. All gone. Gone. Painted over. You know, Joseph Stalin is proud. Somewhere Joseph Stalin, probably in the depths of hell, Joseph Stalin is proud. Joseph Stalin was notorious for erasing his enemies, literally and figuratively. He would erase them by killing them, and then he would erase them out of paintings and everything else. So, Joseph Stalin is alive and well in Philadelphia. And Christopher Columbus is having a bit of a tough time, too, I see, huh? Yes, he is. I saw in one place he got, they took the statue down, threw it in the river. Yep. And I think it was Massachusetts where they beheaded the statue, Mm -hmm. Christopher Columbus. Yep. And uh, the ultimate, the ultimate ignominy, the most Italian town in America. Yes. Hamilton, New Jersey. Yes, has a petition going around. We got a petition going to take down Christopher Columbus, Columbus because yeah. he was a, a killer. He was a, a vicious rapist yeah. and plunderer of the native populations. So... This is uh, it's not a good time. Not a good time to be an Italian American in Hamilton, and I have many Italian American friends. So, anyway, uh, our number. We'd love to hear from you tonight. Six zero nine five nine three nine six five four six zero nine five nine three WNJH. And, and I understand we have a caller. Yes, you do. Well, you're live on the air, WNJH Radio, Voice of Freedom Radio program. Senor Hernandez, how are you? I'm outstanding. How, are, how about yourself? Who, who am I speaking with, your name and where you're calling from? Oh, uh, it's uh, Pedro calling from um, Hamilton. Okay. What's on your mind um, tonight, Pedro? I, I, well, uh, sir, doctor, I... Uh, I had a very, very, very hard time with uh, with uh, coronavirus. Um, I, I I lost my job. Um, I, I I came here um, uh, to, from Mexico, and the uh, he um, uh, sad to say I, I not uh, legal yet, but uh, para, uh, para soon. Uh, however, I, I fully recovered economically uh, thanks to uh, 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 my job as a contact tracer uh it uh was about a two-hour course and then uh you know and now i get paid very very handsomely to uh uh-huh. contact trace uh, covid19 uh-huh. and uh, um today for example i uh contact traced 
at uh, ShopRite and then uh, the Home Depot. Uh, you know, I got my Tostitos and then uh, some chlorine from my pool, uh-huh. which I can now open thanks to uh, all the money I now receive uh, via, um, you know, being able to contact Trace. Uh-huh. So uh, then I was able to uh, contact Trace by the pool. It sounds great. It's very interesting. And I appreciate your call. And then what I will do... I appreciate uh, your call, I, um, but th- thanks for calling. I will also... Okay. All right. All right. We have another call. You're on the air. Well, we don't have another call. Okay. Well, that was interesting. Yeah, I don't know what Contract tracing, I don't know what that was about. Yeah. Anyway. (laughs) Made no sense. uh, So we were talking about Christopher Columbus and the petition. And as I recall, the last time monuments were being grabbed, which uh, I wrote an article, an op-ed in the Gazette at the time. I think it might have been a couple or three years ago. And... uh, as I recall, Hamilton City Council passed a resolution that uh, under no circumstances would the Columbus statue ever come down. And it, and it was specific to the Columbus statue. Yes, they were. Very much was. Um, yes. You know, Christopher Columbus is sort of getting a bad rep here. Yes. Um, I mean, you know, and again, it's this whole deal that Civil War generals, I know they're back on Robert E. Lee again and so on and so forth. and. I'm not sure what the what the goal is. I don't know why anybody would find an inanimate object offensive. I I don't get offended by any inanimate objects. No, neither do I. Um, I think this whole thing it's is part of history. It's phony. I don't I don't think there's any sincerity or genuine feeling about it. I think it's all bogus, and I think it's an attempt to erase history. Back to the phones. All right, we have a call. You are live on the air. Otto, Dan from Winona. Dan from Winona. What are you bringing tonight to the table, Dan from Winona? Dan from Winona, um, the market today, the market today took took a plunder, took a took a a, a, a dump on America. The market today. Look, what what I is call. going on? Tell me what's going on. You know, you were you were the one telling me a few days ago. Oh, the market's oblivious. The market doesn't care about riots. The market doesn't care about Corona. So what happened today? What is the market caring about? Look, every week I come on your show and I tell you we're in a recovery mode mm-hmm. and then we're coming back. And the other thing I tell you is it's not going to be a straight ride up. Okay. So the market was down. 18, the Dow was down, 1,800 points. 1,800 points, 1,800 points. Yep, and you know what that makes our 30-day number? I do not. We're up about 1,800 the last 30 days. We're up 7% in the last month. So you're going to sprinkle some, you're going to sprinkle some pixie dust on me, huh, to make me feel better. Well, look, (laughs) uh, we went up, there was a little irrational exuberance this month, uh, (laughs) <laughs> won't come back trail. The market that went up a little bit too. Uh, who was who? Who had the who? Famous who? Who's who? Do you attribute the irrational exuberance quote to? That would be Alan Greenspan. Ah, you're good. See, you're too good. I can't even stump you. I can't I'm even not stump even, you. I'm not even going to pull out a bogus <laughs> accent like your previous call. <laughs> Well, we get them all, you know. We have uh, we 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 love all our callers. We love all our callers. So you're saying that this is a blip on the radar, basically, right? Is what you're yeah, saying? Yeah. Look, the market went up a lot quickly, and it's still any way you cut it. You know, we're up the Dow literally as of the end of today is up seven percent in uh-huh. the last thirty days. Okay. So we're still on a good path. So so we're still uh, we're still doing well then. Not the, no reason to get into a tizzy. Now, now what was now what was the reason today? Was it just a sell off along the way, or was there some negative? I don't, I don't recall anything in the news that was so negative that would cause investors no, to. No, the, to... the Fed, the the Fed put out a statement that they believe the uh, you know we're going to be recovering. We're not going to be fully recovered till twenty twenty two. Oh, that was so nice. Was, I didn't. I missed that. Yeah, and so it was, a com- it was a combination of that uh, saying that they're probably not going to uh, adjust rates mm-hmm. for the rest of this year. Uh, so it was a combination of that, combination of like I said, the quick, the quick ascent, 
gives people an opportunity to uh, to take some chips off the table, so to speak. Uh huh. Okay. So yeah, I don't think it's anything uh, anything long lasting that uh, that's really going to affect our comeback. Hmm. Okay, that's good to hear. Well, I'm. I, I hope uh, I wanted to bring you some good news. I know it's important. Oh, it is important. I want to hear good news. I mean, things aren't great right now. In case you haven't been watching the news, you know, no, we got all uh, kind, we got all kinds of issues tonight going on. I mean, it's it's <laughs> you do, but the market is uh, all the right. Market's cold, not one of them. No, the market, and certainly the market does not care about. Uh, it really doesn't. It does doesn't the market care, care right? that go- that HBO is is uh, decided to decided to can Gone with the Wind? Does the market care it, about that? It does I not. never. I, I always thought the movie was overrated. I, you know, it's always in this top movies of history thing. I never thought it was all that, but a lot of people do. And uh, you know, canning the movie because it was set during the Civil War. I'm not quite sure that if it is a film after all. It's not. It's no, not real. The market life. doesn't care about that. And I'm a little <laughs> okay. bummed about. Uh, what are you about bummed cops about? Cops coming. Off the air. Cops. Well, you know what? Cops. Ha- I mean, h- how many shows get a thirty-three-year run? Cops. Cops was on the air thirty-three years. No show. Okay, no show has a right to be on thirty-three <laughs> years. So the fact that it was on that long, you should be happy. I, I got to be honest with you. I think I watched thirty-three seconds of show and th- uh, of cops in thirty-three years. <laughs> I'm not sure why. I mean, a show a show has no script. It's just it's just live action. Yeah. So how could uh, how could there be anything wrong with that? I, I you know what? Who knows? We're living in a woke era. Everybody's woke. So I guess the, <laughs> the cop show just wasn't woke enough. But listen, financially, you're in good shape. All right. We're uh, we're we're still on the recovery mode. You know, it's good uh, to know. It's not going to be like I tell you. It's not going to be straight up. All right. We're fine. All right, Dan. I appreciate that as always. So you can you can rest easily. Great. Well, as always, you you've brought something to the table, as you always do. So thanks for your call. Keep up the great work out there in Winona. I'm here for you. Otto. Have a good night. All right. Do the same, Dan. All right, our phones, 609-593-9654. Be like Dan. Bring something to the table when you call. 609-593-9654. WNJH. So, lots going on this week. As I just mentioned, Gone with the Wind is gone. (laughs) Gone with the Woke, it should be called. Drew Brees, I think Drew Brees, how many quarterback records does Drew Brees own? He owns a lot of records, right? I think Drew Brees just broke the all-time record for most apologies in one week. He even had his wife apologize. Pretty soon his mother-in-law, I guess, will be apologizing. And uh, and all Drew Brees said was that he, you know, wants to continue to respect the American flag. But, uh, you know, in this day and age... You get uh, you get nothing when you apologize because he continues to apologize over and over, and he continues to be criticized. Should have just stuck to his guns. Mm-hmm. Um, the 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 funniest thing I saw all week, though. Okay, the funniest thing had to be. Now you tell me if you saw this visual because it was worth seeing. Nancy Pelosi. Right, Nancy Pelosi, Chuck Schumer, and a bunch of other Democrats dressed up like African royalty. Yes. Did you see that? They're yes, wearing I did. the. They call them kente scarves, the yes. kente garb. So, in addition to pandering, okay, and kneeling with the African garb, they were basically making fools of themselves. Yes, they, they did. You know, they're 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 all old white rich people. Mm-hmm. Uh, they only care about black people during election season. Yes, if true. They, if they really cared about blacks, they would do something about the inner cities and education and yep. single-family homes and the uh, and, mm-hmm. and the other problems that, that plague the black communities year after year. They've been voting Democrat for 50 years, and right. nothing has changed. Nope. You're right. B- but, uh, you know, Nancy and the, and the rest look very, very 
colorful mm, in, their, in their African garb. Mm. They, they, they have no shame. Um, they have no brains. That's true. And uh, they have no plans. That so is that, absolutely true. <laughs> that's our Democrat Party. Do we have a caller? Yes, we do. You are live on the air, Voice of Freedom radio program. Your name and where you're calling from. Hey, guys. This is Chet Colm from Cherry Hill. Hey, Chet. How are you, buddy? Good. How are you? Uh, long-time listener, first-time caller. Great. Um, so there's a guy who calls towards the end of your program sometimes, and he recommends Netflix shows. Yes. And you guys, you, and you seem to be on the same wavelength as him. You seem to, you know, dig the shows. Well, here's now, the I, here's I the wavelength. I mean, I mean, to be honest with you, he recommends them, and I watch yeah. them based on his recommendation. And by and large, his recommendations are good, so I sort of like them. Well, you got something for me? Yeah, I actually like his recommendations too. So I think I have a few you'll probably like. All right. Uh, we could start off with a Teen Anal Three, Black and Busty, The Gang Bang Chronicles, Lethal Weapon Three. Okay, that's awesome. Bye, Felicia. Folks, uh, let me let me make a, a PSA for our listeners. This this show is a uh, a show for grownups, not for children. So for you mom and dads out there, um, you know. Don't have your children call. Again, this is a show for grown-ups. Rick, we're working on a show for kids, right? Where kids can call. Yes. But in the meantime, in the meantime, you know, give your kids something to do so they don't waste our time. <laughs> okay. I uh, I just don't get people why nah, they're children. That. It's okay. They're children. They're immature. It's uh, you know again. It's mom and dad's fault because they're they're not watching the kids and the kids get on the phone. Some I, you know I hear that kids go on eBay and buy stuff and then parents have to kind of make up for it. So uh, let's see what else do we have to talk about? I saw the uh, folks from a New York City PBA on TV this week fighting back. Um, and uh, and cops have a right to fight back. Yes, yes, they do. You know, ninety nine point ninety nine percent of the cops are good people. They yes, do they good are. Work, and they're doing good work under extremely, extremely dangerous circumstances. Mm-hmm. And uh, they get painted with a broad brush, and it's not right. No, it's not. And this whole defund the police thing that's going on. Uh, you know, there's a lot of insanity going on in the Democrat Party, and a lot of and a lot of dumb ideas that are getting floated around as a result of what's happened lately. But this one probably wins the prize for the single dumbest idea that's being floated around. And I think the Democrats, by and large, are running away from it as much as possible, other than the idiots like you know AOC and some of the other clowns. But uh, any Democrat who's concerned with being elected in November wants no part of the defund the police nonsense because uh, it's a loser. It's a loser. There are no Americans who want to defund the police that care about law and order. This is still this is still what we hope is a civil society. And we realize that police play an integral role in a civil society and in keeping law and order in America. But to talk about that, there is somebody in town that ran into me and is very liberal to as far as he's three football fields over to the left side. He said it worked in Camden. Look what happened. They, well, they, they didn't defund the policing. They they have police in Camden. Right. They, they, what Camden did was, I don't know if you know what Camden did, but they, they basically shut down their municipal police department right. so they could start over. Right, absolutely. Okay, they ended up rehiring a lot of the same cops that yes, they, they had did. before. So it yes. wasn't like they scrapped it and fired all the police. Absolutely. That's what they did was very successful. Yes. Okay, because they were able to weed out a lot of bad apples and so mm-hmm. forth. Um but and and it's and it's worked very well because Camden's uh, crime rate and and murder rate Cam, Camden was one of the murder capitals of America for many years. It was always in the top five or ten, right? And it's dropped drastically, right? But so. the point was, he was saying how they got rid of the police department, and I tried to correct him and say no, and then he went back to say, well, it's a it's a county police department, right? So, but it's still patrolling mainly Camden City. Mm-hmm. Because a lot of the other areas, like Winslow has their own police department, Waterford Township has right. their own police department. So it's not truly a county-wide police department, but you do have another caller. We do. All right. You're live on the air. Voice of Freedom radio program. Your name and where you're calling from. 
Tommy. I'm calling from uh, Cherry Hill as well, first-time caller. All right, Tommy. Tommy, I hope you got a little something more to bring than the last caller from Cherry Hill. Well, you know, I, I, I like you. I like to hear your talk. So what I'm going to do, I'm going to just do quick questions and then try to get your answers, and then if you don't mind, a little back and forth. Uh, one, thoughts on the uh, on NASCAR not doing the Confederate flag? Thoughts on, say again? NASCAR uh, banning the Confederate flag. The, con- the Confederate flag is offensive to a lot of people, and I think it's a good idea to start withering away the Confederate flag. It's offensive to a lot of people. Now, if you want to fly it in your, if one, you want to fly one, it, one counterpoint. well, uh, you asked me, you asked me a question. I'm answering it for you. Um, if you want to fly the Confederate flag in your own home or or in your front yard, that, that's perfectly okay. But again, it's okay, a lot of people find it offensive. So in public in public settings, it's probably a good idea to start doing away with it. So believe it or not, I'm okay with NASCARs. Let me just write this down. You said okay to fly in front yard? If you want to fly it, it, on your own property, you can do whatever you like. Absolutely. Okay. Um, all right. Second question. Um, uh-huh. So I know a, you, you've given a lot of flack um, in, in your last 16 episodes to the bozo uh, governors of um, you know, democratic states. Bozo is um, not a word I've used, but it's, a, but it's an adequate word. It's it's accurate. It's uh, accurate. What was the, yeah, at the end of the, <laughs> at the end of the show, I have my I have my kids listen, so some of the colorful language you guys use sometimes I I, I this try is to a, clean up a little bit for that. This is a show, as I said about five minutes ago. This show's for grown-ups. Oh, I missed that part. But, um, yeah, it's for grown-ups, and, that, and that's for grown-ups, and that's for grown-ups to call in and for grown-ups to listen to. So you you know find something yeah, else for yeah, your no kids. Problem. to. I want my kids listening anymore. <laughs> All right. Uh, so the second thing. Uh-huh. Yeah, um, the second point though. So how do how do us uh, conservatives combat the fact that now the you know Texas's and Florida's and uh, states like that are the ones that are, are leading the, the charge in new cases? Like how do I combat my dumb liberal friends to say you know because it's it's tough it's tough to argue against the stats. So how would you combat that? They they're they're not leading in anything. Those the states uh, that no, have opened the There's states that have opened they're doing average. very well. I don't know what I don't know where you're getting your data, but the states that have opened are doing very well. There there uh, will world, be a surge world, world there will be a surge in cases, but you know, there's no there's no significant outbreaks or anything you, like you, that. You're not giving me enough so I can combat my dumb liberal friends. I mean, you know, you're Well, you need you need to use like, yeah, need you help, need man. to use a little ingenuity. All right, you got you got I'm going to give you time so for one more question. Facts, I'm going to give you time for one more question cuz we got to move on. Okay, uh, my last question is: How come he didn't take that guy's suggestion serious on the last on the Netflix shows that he was watching? Because 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 he was an idiot. Well, some would argue you're an idiot. Well, you can argue whatever you like. It's an opinion show. All right. You have and, a good night. And, and your and your um, Rick did. Bye, uh, also, bye, Felicia. Uh, bye, Felicia. Did, Rick did also say he would commit a voter fraud. Cut him so, off. You know, Cut him off, Rick. He's off. He's all right. He's off. Folks, let's take a break, and we'll be back with our guest, Atlantic County surrogate Jim Kershio. Hi, it's Nikki G. Congratulations to all the brides and grooms-to-be in South Jersey. If you're looking for high-quality, high-powered entertainment for your wedding, I would love to be a part of your special day. Call me at 609-805-0479 or on the web at NikkiGEntertainment.com. And congratulations. Are you new to using the Mac? Or even an experienced Mac user who would like to learn more about the basics, including keyboard shortcuts and other settings? Edward Eisen has written an ebook called This is the Light Side, which covers many topics, tips, and tricks, and does so without all the computer jargon. Best of all, it's only a one-time price of 99 cents, which means all future updates to it are free. You can purchase this by going to thisisthelightside.com. That's thisisthelightside.com. Hello. Join me, Gary Hopkins, for a blast from the past. As we look back at charts from around the world, ranging from the 1960s all the way through to the new century. 
playing those songs that will always be remembered and some that you've probably forgotten about as well. So that's Blast from the Past, Saturdays, right here on WNJHradio.com, serving the heart of South Jersey. We are back on the air. Voice of Freedom Radio program, WNJH Radio, broadcasting live from the blueberry capital of the world. And again, this is a live radio program. We do not screen calls. We have no delay. So again, what I will request is that mom and dads out there that are listening, keep the young children away from the phone. We like to have adult callers. And so far tonight, we've had a couple of children call. So mom and dad, please keep the kids away from the phone. Atlantic County surrogate, Jim Curcio. You are on the air. How are you tonight? Well, good evening, Otto. Jim? I'm doing well, and I appreciate you having me on. Thank hey, you, Rick. No, it's also. my pleasure. It's my pleasure. How, how are you, first of all, and how is your family? I hope everyone is well. Well, we're doing well, and I appreciate you asking. Thank you. Good, good. Everybody's how, doing how, their thing. <laughs> excellent, excellent. Yeah, I know. It's a tough time. How are, how are things in the surrogate's office? How is the... Uh, virus impacting the services at the surrogate's office? Well, all things considered, I feel like we're doing very well. Uh, our staff has uh, been on the job. Everybody's been working intermittent shifts uh, ever since this started. So no one who has an application uh, has been uh, delayed or prevented from getting service. We've been on the job mm-hmm. and, um, of course, meeting all the safety protocols. But our uh, total uh, volume of uh, of uh, work and our revenues are are down by uh, by a certain percentage. So I think there may be people out there who have wills and they're just waiting for uh, the opportunity to come in. Yeah. But we do have uh, staff on the job every day. So if people have questions, uh, please feel free to call or go on our website, uh, www.aclink.org/surrogate, and. Um, and we have information there, so people should call. Mm-hmm. Good information for our listeners, Jim. I appreciate that. Jim, I know that you were outspoken uh, a few months ago, and you and I had spoken offline a couple times in regards to the pace that our governor here in New Jersey was taking to uh, to open the state back to business and also had talked about the fact that there seemed to be very little rhyme or reason to the lockdown and what things were essential and what were unessential and the pace that's been opened and what's been allowed to open and so forth. And I know you caught a little flack for that, um, which was regrettable. And I was also a little disappointed in the fact that you didn't have a lot of backing from our fellow Republicans when uh, when that happened. Well, it's it's uh, essential for me because of my position as county surrogate and the fact that I'm a, a, a judicial officer mm-hmm. that I, I have to stay clear of, of partisan um, involvement. Uh, for example, uh, the, the uh, commentary that I made really was not directed specifically at the governor. It was against the lockdown orders exactly. generally, which at the time we were under both a federal and state lockdown order. Mm-hmm. So... Um, and I, I felt like um, the, the stories that followed in the Atlantic City Press, our, our county executive and, and freeholder chairman both came out and I thought made very constructive and positive recommendations. And, and all of this has increased since then. Mm-hmm. In the past three months, there has really been a major outcry in Atlantic County for reopening of businesses in a sensible way and reopening of casinos. Mm-hmm. But my main concern really is the fact that uh, when we've had uh, economic uh, downturn in Atlantic County, it's been very, very damaging. And uh, I think when there was a recession in 2008, 2009, it took years for the county to come out of that. And at it one did. point, we were number one in the country, number one in the whole country in foreclosures. I remember. So I, I, remember. I, that, it, I did, think, it did long-lasting la- damage to the municipalities close to Atlantic City. Hamilton wasn't impacted as much but I know some of the municipalities in Atlantic City had foreclosures, and uh, it was it was awful damage. We're still we're still reeling from that a little bit. 
and and of course, well, and also the Atlantic City municipal government was taken over by the state because mm-hmm. of the the financial difficulties. But mainly, to me, what's so difficult, um, and and what I just wish we we could get attention for is the fact that when the casinos are shut down, um, thirty thousand people are put out of work. You know, with a stroke of a pen. Yeah. And that was on uh, March the seventeenth. Mm-hmm. And so at that is really a lot of people to be put out of work all at once. It's a very large percentage of the county's total workforce. And so what, what I really have been asking for is just a, um, a more concern toward the, uh, the needs of, of, uh, of, of this county and our residents to get back to work and to be able to open the small businesses, the restaurants, so that's my concern, but it's not partisan. It's not aimed at uh, anyone who's trying to do a good job and you know, acting in good faith. But what I'm talking about really is our local response mm-hmm. and what our local uh, legislators and elected officials should be um, should be talking about. And I think it's happening. I think it has happened over the course of these three months, but the process is painfully slow. I think it really needs to accelerate. We need to get back to a full reopening as soon as possible. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. And the summer, you know, the summer's starting to to move by. So we need to we need to get this going before uh, before August turns around. So, well, Hamilton restaurants, diners should should be open. I think as quickly as quickly as possible, fully open. Absolutely, and uh, allow the uh, the owners to follow the CDC guidelines. I think they're capable of doing that. Mm-hmm. Jim, you and I had spoken off uh, off air uh, regarding the the governor's initiative to do mail in voting for the primaries, and uh, just I wanted to bring you on the air tonight to kind of get your take on it, talk about what what the issues are and what you see as the uh, as the important things that we should be aware of. Well, I really thank you for giving me a chance to talk about this because it's it's very important that. Um, that our residents understand and all the voters in the county understand that throughout the state of New Jersey what the rules are going to be the uh, primary election in July. And what it boils down to is um, everybody has to vote by mail. Mm-hmm. So the most important thing is everybody please complete that vote by mail ballot. And the reason I say that, if you're like me, uh, you look forward to election day as a chance to go out and uh, go to the polls, and uh, personally, I think voting on the machines is the most reliable form of voting, and uh, I enjoy the civic experience. It's a community experience of Election Day where the poll workers are there, both parties, and we see people, mm-hmm. but we are not going to have that in this election. It simply is not permitted uh, by executive order, so the only way to have our voice heard is to do the vote-by-mail ballot. Mm-hmm. And I wanted to emphasize this because people are going to see this coming in their mailbox in the next few days. Uh, don't mistake it for a sample ballot because right. this is the actual ballot. Mm-hmm. And it's it's necessary for each one of us to take a couple minutes to um, to review the, uh, the, the instructions, complete the ballot, sign it very carefully. The signatures have to match the signature that's on record with the Board of Elections. Right. And then seal it put it in the outer envelope, seal that. It does not require postage. And according to the executive order, there will also be a drop box in, in uh, certain locations. I'm told there may be one in Hamilton. So there are going to be a drop boxes available, or it could be dropped in, a, obviously, a postal uh, mailbox. As mm-hmm. long as it's postmarked by July 7th, it will be counted. Okay. So the thing to me, and I know people have said, Look, I like voting on the machine. I don't want to do vote by mail. I don't trust it. I don't care for it. It's it's uh, difficult for me. I'm not used to it. But what I'm urging everyone is, please, let's vote. Let's not allow our voices to be silenced. We need to uh, all vote, Republican, Democrat, non-affiliated. Everyone who gets one of those ballots in their mailbox, please complete it and send it in. Because mm-hmm. um, well, one of the things we've talked about, Otto, is that the danger of um, voter fraud when there is an all mail in mm-hmm. election. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we've seen evidence that, that uh, operatives in, in some areas are able to harvest ballots, yes. uh, gather up ballots that belong to other people and they're able to mark them and submit them. And there, there is evidence that that occurs on a regular basis. Oh, absolutely. However, 
yeah, I think you've you've seen the evidence. But I, I think if we, if if all the towns and all the voters were to were to harness the power of casting their votes, uh, we we could negate anything that uh, anything that the uh, uh, other operatives might be able to throw at us. Mm-hmm. So I, I think that's really the critical thing uh, is that we we all remember that this is the time to vote. And right. this mail-in ballot is the way we have to vote this time. Mm-hmm. So that's my that's my great wish. Okay, now and it's a great to, and it's a good message. It's a good that. message. Uh, the bottom line is again, voting is what makes our system work, and uh, and folks need to participate in the process. Um, and maybe for some people that for one reason or another don't make it out to the polls on on election day, this is a this is a good way to get around it. So we try to make the best out of it. I think that's it, and, and we're going to try as as as, uh, as we move closer to the primary election day. Um, there are going to be websites available for people who who aren't sure about the process, or have some uncertainty about it, or the dates or the timing. Uh, so it it, it is uh, for me a, a little bit of a confusing process the first time you do it because I've never done it. Mm-hmm. But many people find it convenient. And uh, it is simple to do in the convenience of your own home. Uh, but I just didn't want people to think they're going to have the option uh, to ignore that and just go to the polls because right. there really is not going to be any polls except for ADA voters will have the ability to vote on machines, but no one else will. We, every, all other voters have to vote by mail this time. Okay. And, Jim, uh, do, you, do, you see, do you see this or do you foresee this as a one-off event or do you see that this is going to be a a, a prolonged uh plan by the governor vis-a-vis november elections and in the future well i'm concerned because um as you know some some uh people throughout the country advocate all vote by mail Mm -hmm. elections yes Uh, it's been floated it's been floated in a couple of bills already that the the congress has uh Hasn't been approved, but it has been floated in bills in Congress by the Democrat Party. Yeah, so now that has not been the tradition in New Jersey. In fact, the New Jersey statutes are very clear that when a county has invested in an approved um, model of an electronic voting machine, mm-hmm. the, the voters have the right to use those machines. Right. Uh, but what you have working against that is the idea that we are facing a, a health risk of infectious disease mm-hmm. and based on that emergency declaration you know the governor has said there cannot be in-person voting on july the 7th mm-hmm. so what what are we going to have come you know november uh, i don't know yeah but my my hope is that uh there is going to be work by the uh leadership of both parties at the state level to um uh, to to prevent a decision like this being made mm-hmm. by executive order, and that it has to conform with the legislation that's already on the books. Right. The other problem is the practical the practicalities of it. In a primary election, the turnout typically is low, uh, even when there's contested races. There's contested races in both parties this year, mm-hmm. and so there there is there's probably even at that you're you're looking at probably twenty five or thirty percent of the voters. Right. However, in November, presidential election, mm-hmm. the turnout, you know, in, 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 say, just in Hamilton, the turnout would probably go to 75 or 80 percent Yes, you would in hope. an ordinary election. Mm-hmm. So you're talking about, you know, upwards of 100,000 ballots that have to be counted by hand yeah. in the Board of Elections. It would be a, a really a formidable process. Right. No, that's, a, that's a recipe. It's a recipe for disaster is what it is. Well, that's... Uh, that that's 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 my feeling mm-hmm. and you know but the you know the the thing i keep coming back to is um what we what we don't want is anyone to say i i'm throwing my hands in the air i i don't like what's happening and right. I'm, I'm not going to vote because that really plays right into the hands of people who who want to uh silence our voices mm-hmm. so the most important thing is to vote and if this is the system they're giving us let's all File these things, and let's make the strongest showing we've ever made in terms of voter response mm-hmm. and uh, in getting these things in. Uh, and uh, hopefully what will happen is if, if neither party sees any advantage 
to doing vote by mail, they'll get back to the standard uh, statutes and follow the process that's that's already been uh, worked out for New Jersey, which is a combination of vote by mail and in person mm-hmm. voting on the electronic machines. Mm-hmm. Okay, that I think is a better system. Yeah, and okay. and what we really need, and of course, uh, also it would be it would be helpful to um, to give the, the board of elections and the superintendent of elections the the tools they need to make sure that the registration lists are accurate and uh, that uh, people submitting the uh, mail-in ballots are the actual voter, the person who who was uh, uh, supposed to be casting that vote. Mm-hmm. Okay. But that, uh, that, to me, is a, a smaller problem than the issue of everyone uh, in all these towns in Atlanta County, every registered voter, send that mail-in ballot back and, and show that we will follow this process, we'll follow any process to make mm-hmm. our votes recorded and make our voices heard. Mm-hmm. Well said, Jim. Jimmy, I got a question for you. How's yes, that? How's that work now? I mean, I you, you know as well as I know, I have helped at the polls where we witnessed the tape coming out of the machine. We verified that nothing's wrong, and then each party records the numbers and then goes back to the local party headquarters and gives the numbers to their members. So who is overseeing every ballot as it comes in to make sure it's not ripped? You know, there's no hanky-panky with it and all that. I mean, we all know in other states that use mail-in ballots, there are always, uh, you know, people that haven't voted or, or been deceased for 50 years. Somehow or another, they voted. Um, how's what's the protocols in Atlanta County? Well, I first of all, I agree with you 100. percent the the the, uh, the electronic machine, the system that developed over the years, is bipartisan. You have uh, representatives of both parties when that machine is opened up. It's not uh, a machine that could be tampered with. It can't be hacked. Uh, sometimes you hear that it's all internal, uh, and it really is a reliable way of counting the votes. At the same time, of course, you need a method for people who do need a mail-in ballot. So you need a combination of both to come in. But where you have an all-mail-in ballot, it's going to fall upon the Board of Elections uh, to, to sort all the ballots and to make determinations on the validity of signatures. The main way of verifying identity is with comparison of signatures, and it certainly is an inexact science, mm-hmm. as you can imagine. they they do throw out quite a number of ballots every year because the signatures don't match, but they're typically dealing with four or 5,000 through the whole county. They're anticipating in this primary election, even with a very low turnout, they're probably looking at something between thirty-five and 40,000 ballots that are going to have to come through essentially a hand-counting process with the staff of the Board of Elections. And so I agree. I think it's, uh, it's, it's uncharted territory. It's going to be, um, uh, you know, full of dangers and a lot of risk of mischief. There's also the, the new thing that's being instituted has never been done in New Jersey. It's not in the New Jersey election laws, which is drop boxes. There are going to be drop boxes for ballots, and those are going to be in open areas 24 hours a day available for people to drop ballots in there. And that is, um, you know, something that's that's fraught with risk that people are going to be dumping ballots in that they had no business to touch or handle, um, and they are not the person who marked the ballot. And there's not, I don't know how they're going to oversee that. There's some talk of possibly having surveillance, but they they really don't have time to put all that together. So uh, the the primary is going to be a a, um, a difficult process for the election officials this year. And, to say the um, least. <laughs> yeah. But, of course, um, if, if this is what they're giving us, I say let's vote and, and let's put our vote in there and try to counteract anything that could be done mm-hmm. by people who are uh, casting ballots that don't belong to them. Right. We can overwhelm them. If every honest voter, Republican, Democrat, uh, non-affiliated were to vote, then that would minimize what the, uh, the, 
you know, the tainted ballots that will come in. Mm-hmm. If, if we sit on our hands, then the tainted ballots could actually swing the election. And that's, that's very upsetting. Yeah. No, you're right, Jim. Well, good so, advice, good message. So that's where and, we're at. <laughs> uh, and, and it is a message that we will reiterate each and every week between now and the uh, primary election day. So, well, I appreciate everything you're doing. Uh, Otto, Rick, uh, please, uh, keep up the voice of freedom. We, we, we need to, to hear, uh, we need to hear you and, uh, appreciate what you're doing. I appreciate the good words, Jim. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, thank you okay. for listening and thank you for calling in and we'll have you back again real soon. Thanks again so much. All right. I'll see you now. Folks, right. let's take a commercial break and we'll be back shortly. Hi, this is Jimmy Brown. Many people ask me, where can I find your station to listen to it? Well, first of all, we're not a broadcast radio station. We're an internet radio station. That means that you can pick us up anywhere in the country, anytime, any place. Here's how. Any mobile phone, tablet, computer, smart device, or laptop can be a radio. Just pull up our website in your device's address bar by typing www.wnjhradio.com and click Listen Now, where you can just ask Siri to go to wnjhradio.com, select the website that you want to listen from, and click Play. Of course, if you're listening to this, you already know how to find us. Now, if any of this sounds complicated, it's not. It's how people listen to radio and watch TV in this day and age without cable and radios. We know you'll love us once you get to know us. We're your hometown radio station, WNJHradio.com. WNJHradio.com. Proud to salute and support all of our hometown South Jersey medical professionals, law enforcement, and all local businesses. Spotlighting Sadie's Clothing. Sadie's is open for online shopping with 40% off all clothing on their website. Visit Sadie'sClothing.com. Plus, they offer free shipping over $100. With Sadie's, you can also select in-store pickup and we will deliver curbside. Visit Amanda and the gang at Sadie'sClothing.com. W. NJHradio.com. Proud to be live, local, and loyal to South Jersey. Now back to Voice of Freedom with your host, Dr. Otto Hernandez. We are live, back on the air, and I'll give out the numbers one more time. We have about another 15, 20 minutes of the program left, so we'd love to hear from you. 609-593-9654-609-593. W-N-J-H. And let's go back to the phones. You are live on the air. Hello, Mr. Hernandez. Otto Hernandez. You can call me Otto. Oh, hello, Otto. And who am I speaking with? Yeah. Oh, this is Thurman here. And what's on your mind tonight? I'm a fellow Trump supporter here. I'm I'm from South Jersey. Okay. And, uh, I was wondering what you what you think about those guys. What I think about what? Yeah, those uh these animals and thugs destroying our cities. Um I think that that law and order needs to prevail. And I think mayors and governors need to step to the plate and restore order. This is a small percentage of the population, and the vast percentage of the population needs to be taken care of. Yeah, they got to be, you got to take care of them pretty good. All right, listen, thanks for your call, and we appreciate your listening. All right, yes, what's going on in the cities? Not very good. Uh, right now in Seattle, we have. Uh, Basically, a group has decided that they have their own city within the city, uh, six to nine block radius, and they call themselves an autonomous zone. They are an independent country, well-armed, and they are giving demands to the city. And I was able to look at some of the demands today, and the demands are pretty ridiculous. They want to do away with jails, do away with police, let every prisoner out of jail. I mean, you know, it's a, it's a, uh, basically a Chinese menu, and I'm, I guess I'll get slammed for saying, saying, using the term Chinese menu here. But uh, it is a, let's call it a plethora of demands 
of uh, of the leftist, you know, anarchist <laughs> variety. Uh, and I'm wondering why these people are allowed to continue to, you know, the governor, the governor of Washington is kind of oblivious. At first, he said he wasn't aware of anything. Then he said it's peaceful. Um, I guess it's peaceful. I mean, how peaceful was it when they burned the police department in Seattle, um, which they did last week? So I guess he thinks that was peaceful too. But uh, you know, you gotta, you can't if you capitulate to anarchists, then you've lost. You've you've lost, and they will continue to grow in power and embolden and emboldenment and. Uh, things won't get any better. So I think we need to see some leadership from these folks, and it's uh, it's a shame we just don't see it. But the defund the police nonsense, um, I think the Democrat Party would do would do well to run away from that. Um, there are a number of Democrats, the, the most left-leaning Democrats, Ilhan Omar and AOC and their ilk, who are endorsing the defund the police nonsense. Uh, at a time when you know the country is burning, and especially in Minneapolis, which was where this whole you know the rioting began and so forth, uh, to say that we want to defund the police is is a recipe for disaster. I'm not quite sure that anyone in their right mind thinks that's a good idea. And we've talked about this before. You know there are bad cops. There are bad everything. Um, in my mind, and I had a conversation with a very liberal friend of mine a couple of days ago regarding the concept of systemic racism, and uh, his his uh, his point was that there is systemic racism in the police departments, and I simply don't agree. I think for something to be systemic, and using the word systemic here in its purest definition, um, it has to be taught, it has to be practiced has to be endorsed, and I don't think anything like that is taking place in any police department. Um, I, I simply don't believe that. I think most cops are good cops and, and treat people as they as they should be treated. Are there a handful of bad cops? Yeah. And maybe there's bad, you know, they need more training. Maybe we need uh, to get a hold on the the police unions maybe have a little bit too much power, so I think that there needs to be some overhaul of how the police departments function, but I'm not sure that defunding the police departments is a good idea. All right, back to the phones. You are live on the air, Voice of Freedom radio program. Hi, my name is Lorena. I'm calling from Virginia. Virginia. All right. Yeah. Do you have fans in Virginia? Um, we have, you know what? We have fans all over the country now we do because we are able oh. to tell where our listeners are because uh, because obviously it's internet radio so we are able to tell where our listeners are we do have listeners all over the country but you are the first caller we've ever had from virginia so it's nice to hear from you are you familiar with the name lorena do you does it sound familiar lorena 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 bobbitt <laughs> I am familiar with the name Lorena Bobbitt, yes. Why, am I speaking with Lorena Bobbitt? You are, yes. <laughs> wow, I, I I feel very privileged like that Lorena Bobbitt would, would, would call our radio program. And what's on your mind tonight, Lorena? Lorena, I am gonna I'm gonna Lorena, I'm gonna do what you did and is and except I'm not gonna cut an appendage off. I'm just gonna cut you off but thanks for your call from virginia we really enjoyed it even though it was very short and brief mm -mm. all right uh let's see where were we we were talking about the defunding the police stuff um so yeah i mean who the heck thinks that's a good idea i i simply can't comprehend hopefully this will pass um a lot of this stuff happens to come and go some of it comes and goes and makes its way back. I do think the the police unions are very strong and like most unions, you know, they protect in some cases people that aren't very good at what their job is. And that is what unions do. Um, teachers unions in New York City, there are dozens, 
every year dozens of teachers who are paid to sit and not teach because they can't be fired. So it's very difficult to, fi to fire union employees in a lot of careers and a lot of professions. Um, there are conservative voices out there that have said one of the things that needs to happen here, if we're very serious about this, is to do away with the, with the police unions. I'm not, a, I'm not in favor of that. I think police unions and I think all unions have a role to play. Um, I think what needs to happen is, again, some kind of collaboration between the police unions and police administration on a better way to manage to get people out that aren't very good. Um, no union is, is served by keeping people employed that aren't very good at what they do because they give the rest of the rank and file a bad name and a bad reputation. So I think most people that are employed in union settings, and, you know, we're talking specifically about the police unions, um, want to get rid of the bad people. They want to. They don't want to keep those bad people there because they make everybody look bad. They give everybody a bad reputation. And uh, they're, they're, they're a stain, really a stain on the department. And I'll use the word stain, which is what the, uh, the PBA president of uh, New York City Police said on TV the other day. He said, our badges aren't stained uh, by the guy from Minneapolis. And uh, he was absolutely right. Again, I can't imagine in this day and age any parent that would want their kid to be a police officer. Uh, it has got to be one of the hardest careers out there. So, anyway, back to the phones. We have a caller. You are live on the air, Voice of Freedom radio program. Hello, uh, Otto. It's Mike from Hamilton. Mike from Hamilton. Always a pleasure to hear from you, Mike. How are you tonight, my friend? Uh, not bad. I, I, caught the, I caught the second half of your show. Okay. But um, what is the deal? We cannot vote in person at the polls. In July? That's correct. That's correct. The governor, the governor has, has deemed that uh, voting in person during the COVID is too risky, too dangerous, and uh, that we will be voting uh, by mail for the primary. Is, is that legal? He decided this by himself, or did the, the state legislature weigh in on it? Oh, I don't think the state legislator. I think it's another one of his executive orders. I I. I I could be mistaken there, but I'm I'm believing that it's another one of his many executive orders where he didn't get any input from the legislature. Um, I, did you did, were you listening when we had the Atlantic County surrogate Jim Kershaw on? Yeah, I know Jim. I, I heard the very end of it, but mm -hmm. at, I don't think that's right. I think you're. There's no way you're not going to be able to vote at the polls. Well. The, if there aren't going to be polls open because everybody's voting by mail, you're not. You're simply not going to be able to go vote. My understanding is that the polls will not be available. The polling, well, the polling places, as we're voting by mail, and they're going to make every provision. As Jim mentioned on air, where there are going to be drop boxes for people to drop the ballots off, and so on and so forth. So there will be no. There will be no open. You know, traditional in-person voting. Not in the state I mean, of New Jersey. Well, well it, that is wrong because, uh, I mean, I've been driving around the state working. Mm -hmm. Everybody is out and about. It, we've had massive protests with thousands and tens of thousands of people in the street, but we're not going to be able to vote? That is ridiculous to me. Well, obviously. It, it, Mike, I couldn't agree more. I mean, we have said jokingly on the on this program a, a handful of times over the last months they should just set up the voting booths at, in Walmart or the liquor store or, you know, because those places have been perfectly safe to go and visit for months. Um, I don't know why a voting booth wouldn't be the same. You know, you can limit the number of people in the space. Most of the voting, the polling places uh in in municipalities are small so you can you know limit the number of people inside practice social distancing and so forth you're not going to be in there that long if you're in there to vote you're not in there to socialize i mean when i go in and vote i yeah. identify myself vote and get out of there and i'm if there's not a lot of people in line i'm out of there in a minute or two so yeah, and the, and the primary the primaries are usually not very crowded so this 
social distancing, it, it, it's really not an issue. And I just can't believe one dictator governor could make this decision. It's, it seems unbelievable to me that we're, we live in America. I know we're stuck in New Jersey, and Murphy... <laughs> we are part of really, America, believe it or not. <laughs> it's not right, but uh, I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to fill out my first absentee ballot ever. Same uh, here. I, I don't miss voting. Same here. Uh, yeah. All right. I just, I've never... I've never I, I don't miss elections, and I have never done an absentee ballot. I have, no matter where I've been, I've always been able to make my way back, uh, back home to vote. So I plan, I plan nothing, to vote. There's nothing easier than going to vote at the polls. It takes about a good five minutes if you plan properly. And all this energy, every, every election, how to vote, we got to fill out this form, eight weeks early voting, four weeks after the polls are closed, they're still taking ballots. Common sense says that corruption is infiltrating our voting system. Mm-hmm. But Good show. I'll, Google, I'll catch you, you know, next week. Google voting fraud. Like I always say, if you if you Google voting fraud, you'll see a ton of articles there. There was I forget where they recently they had a primary and uh, they found uh, literally hundreds of unopened ballots in the post office or in the postal system somewhere that, that never got read. So. I mean, it, there is probably there are probably a thousand things that could go wrong with mail-in voting, and and if you're smart, you might think of a hundred of them. <laughs> I I cannot see them processing these paper ballots. It's a it's it, it's a quagmire, a nightmare. Yeah. It's it's people are going to lose faith in the voting system. But that's have a what'll good happen. Show. That's what'll happen. All right. Yes. Uh, and, if, and if it's perpetrated, that's exactly what'll happen. Mike, thanks for your call. You know, in, in in other parts of the world, people people fight for the right to vote. I mean, you see it in other parts of the world where you know they haven't voted for years. I know in Cuba they haven't had an election in sixty years. If if you gave people there the right to vote, they would climb over the mountains to go to the voting booth to vote. Um. And and here we have all the shenanigans and 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 if you the more shenanigans you perpetrate and the more people read that there are, you know, fraudulent elections and things happening that shouldn't happen, people will lose faith in the system, and uh, the ability to vote and and that we have in this country is the greatest gift that our founding fathers gave us, and uh, it's a shame that we that we that we mistreat it let's let me use that word where we mistreat that gift uh, we mishandle that gift and it's a sad sad shame i i hope as i i asked jim and he really didn't have an answer none of us do obviously but i certainly hope that this is a one-time event and that in november we can get back to you know the traditional way that we that we go vote we have election day we go to the voting booth we cast our ballot as good Americans, and that is the way that elections work in the U.S. and should work in the U.S. And I certainly hope that this trial balloon that our governor is floating out there is just a one-time thing. Um, I certainly don't want to see it happen again, not in the state of New Jersey, not in the U.S. of A. Again, there are many homebound people and so forth that have to cast mail-in votes or absentee votes and things of that nature. But that should be an exception. That should not be the way that voting is done. So, anyway, Rick, another show in the books. Great call by Mike. Other great calls, other calls not so great. Great job by our guest, Atlantic County surrogate Jim Kershaw. We hope to have him back soon. And uh, ladies and gentlemen, it's it's a pleasure. Um, I was talking to Rick before the program started, and I think we've been on the air now. This is a, I think we're into our fourth month on the air. We keep adding listeners, and uh, a lot of very loyal listeners. I know people that listen each and every week. A lot of them, for whatever reason, don't call. They don't feel that that's what they like to do. But they are loyal listeners, and, and believe me when I tell you, I am truly appreciative 
um, of, of you folks taking an hour out of your week to listen to us here rant and rave, uh, which is sort of what we do for an hour every Thursday night. So to you, I, I express my deep, deep gratitude. Keep listening. We'll keep trying to bring you the, the truth. We'll keep trying to bring you the facts. Uh, we'll stay away from the BS and the spin. So, good night. God bless America. And we'll see you next week. Join us again next Thursday at 7 p.m. for another edition of Voice of Freedom with Dr. Otto Hernandez. WNJH Radio, its owners and associates, take no responsibility for the opinions or statements made by the talk show host or their guests. Statements or show topics are not necessarily the beliefs of this site or the radio station, and opinions between talk show hosts may conflict. This site does not endorse anything as the truth. That you will have to judge for yourself. But we try to speak the truth on the owner's behalf and reserve the right to question the supposed truth. It is sometimes hard to get the truth, but we must try. It is not our intention to libel, discriminate, make hate, or annoy anyone. This site takes no responsibility for the opinions of others in the postings of comments in chat rooms or forum posts.